Hey guys, welcome to the story that was almost never told, brought to you by Supe. <laughs> a little ca- nugget. Yes, yeah, throw a little nugget in there. <laughs> so last week we kind of left off talking about adoption and you know the role that it had in our lives. Like I was just wondering what your feelings, your first feelings that you've had in terms of being adopted and and what that meant to you. Yeah, so I think growing up, I never really. I don't remember questioning it too much in the very beginning. I think really what made me question it was other people. And I know I touched on this a little bit in the last episode and as as far as somebody kind of talking to me about it and asking me questions and kind of being really negative about it, those were kind of my initial feelings. And I know I I wasn't the easiest kid. I know I had um, a lot of battles with being angry. I know I had a lot of you know, stubbornness within me. And I think, you know, as I started to grow up and I started to realize that I did kind of have these problems and issues, you know, trying to find the root. And I think the root always went back to being adopted. I think, um, well, I know right before this virus really hit, I was really looking into adoption therapists and kind of trying to deal with one of the main issues. And I think that's kind of abandonment. And, um, you know, kind of makes, it, it kind of makes or breaks relationships, right? Like friendships, relationships, like the bond you have with everybody. For me, it's like an interesting thought knowing that like, you know, you have your mom and you and dad here and, and you have your, your mom and your dad in, in Peru. And, but it's, but yet you're, you're still like, you know, you, you've said that you had this like abandonment, um, you know, consistent theme that's going on. How would you kind of yeah, so I think it really started when I was younger. And I think the reason why I was so angry is, and it's interesting because I was actually reading up about this, you know, as a toddler and as, um, you know, a young adult, you, you start questioning relationships and you start kind of testing them actually. And in this book I was reading, they were saying, so especially toddlers, they start flipping out and getting extremely angry and just kind of being like, you know, testing the waters, who's going to come back? Even if I flip wow. out, who's coming back? And I think, God, yeah, I think that's... Just, just, you just answered a lot of my questions right there <laughs> about my own life. I'm just kidding. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, um, I think that's where a lot of the anger stemmed from. I mean, even as, you know, as a child up to, you know, 13 was when like a, a giant moment kind of erupted for me is where I had the opportunity to go back and meet, you know, my birth family. And I think um, kind of leading to that moment, I just remember being so angry and testing those waters and, well, my mom and dad, like, how far can I push them and will they come back? And I think in that Peru. was Your mom and dad here. Oh. How far can I, like, make them so angry at me and, and flip out and, like, cause, like, this giant disruption? And When like, it came to going back to Peru? Well, when it, I guess just when it came to, like, anything. Anything, okay. like, if we're going out and, like, maybe my dad said the wrong thing and it just kind of triggered me and I'm just like, I'm not going that's it and except without really like explaining things I just like flipped out and and made it into a big thing and nobody knew why and I think for me it was really just testing the waters of like how far can I flip out and are you gonna leave like everybody else did like because you know you were kind of low-key abandoned you know as you were younger and you know just testing that yeah. So wait, so going back to that thought that you had in terms of when you, you know, were 13 and you were going, you know, you had the opportunity to go back. How was, how you know, your your first feelings about that and, and anything that, you know? Yeah, I think I was, I was so scared because I didn't really want to get my hopes up. 
Yeah. And I remember this was for some reason it kind of reminds me of right around the time like email and all in like kind of came in and was really relevant. And I remember my mom had an email and I think she had printed it out and it just said found. And um, underneath it just was talking about where my birth parents lived. And mm -hmm. that was a, a giant turning moment. Like, whoa, they're still alive. Like, whoa, we, we exist in this world, but we don't know each other. You know, you completely made me and you are my parents, but I don't know you. And so that was such an interesting thought. And going to Peru and kind of having that experience was absolutely insane. And it kind of just leads me back to here. I mean, I, I went back a few times. Um, and I think the, the most relevant time to me was when I went back and I, I quit my job and I was like, something's missing. And I had already, you know, met my birth parents and, and my sister got pregnant and that's kind of mm -hmm. what led me to go back. And she didn't think she was ever going to be able to have kids. So I kind of took uh -huh. it as a sign and I was actually working at this place and I remember the boss, she was the sweetest woman ever. And she said, you know, if you stay here long enough, maybe one day you could be the director. You know, you'd kind of follow in my shoes. And I remember thinking, that's not what I want. And when I found out my sister was pregnant, I was like, that's the perfect opportunity for me to say, I want to I wanna see what this life would have been like. Hmm. You know, what my life might have been like if I stayed in Peru. And so I took that opportunity and kind of made a split decision. But, um my ticket down to Peru. The, the one thing that you told me that piqued my interest too is like, you know, for me, like I never, I never knew my, my parents because they just, for whatever reason, weren't in the picture when, um, when I had the opportunity to meet them. I guess I didn't necessarily know how you felt about knowing that these people are, are out there, you know, and before that you had no idea who, who these people were. Like, I, I just, I'm so like interested in terms of like, you know, just, that thought of like, wow, they're there and, 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 and I have the opportunity to meet them, my mom and my dad, you know, and, and I just think that, you know, it's, it's so, it's such a, a beautiful experience that, you know, you, you were able to have that, you know, as, as, like I said, for me, it was, it was very different. How, I guess, how did you feel after you met them? Like for the first time, what, like, did you remember feeling any kind of feelings maybe about like adoption uh, did it change yeah. like after you met them when it came to being adopted? Yeah. Both sides. I think what really happened when I met my mom, I remember questioning her and I was so angry. And so it was weird for me, right? Because I met my mom first and then I met my mm. dad later on. I remember going down, you know, there was translators that came on the trip with us and which is another side note, like we can talk about the trip another time too, because yeah. that's super cool. Um, but I went down and I just wanted to be alone with my mom and the translator. And I believe there was two that actually came at the same time. And I was getting really confused and frustrated because I don't speak Spanish and I, I want to talk to her and I want it to be like, have that intimate moment, yeah. you know? And then there's two people going back and forth. No, she said this, no, she said that. And I'm just like, I, I flipped out. Huh. I was like, there only needs to be one. Somebody else needs to leave. I mean, me telling you now is a nice way I said it. So we had <laughs> just knowing the younger version of you, like feisty and angry. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I think I had gone down to um, find like a secluded area, and it was the, a staircase. And I had went in the staircase with my mom and the translator, and I just 
was really angry and I just said why you know mm-hmm. why did you why did you put me up for adoption and uh I think I kind of knew before that you know my mom was really trying to explain and go in detail and what I love about my mom is she's just as emotional as me if not more and I I know that it really hurt her I know she was so hurt and she was trying to explain it to me and you know what I was told before is that she didn't have enough you know money to feed me her and my dad yeah and that basically I was living off of water and coffee and obviously a baby can't survive off that she was unable to produce breast milk at the Mm -hmm. time so you know she's while I was talking to her she was you know pointing at her arm and just saying your dad your dad something happened with his arm at the time um only for me to find out later he had some serious infection that was happening with his arm and they really wanted to amputate it and so while i'm born over here my dad's also having this cycle problem and they're they're poor they have nothing he's getting angry he's like can't afford to see a doctor and he's um you know just in pain it's just kind of like it just grew. They said it started small and this infection just grew and, and he has this serious scar right now. So if in case, you know, I ever had any kind of questions, you know, I could just be like, dad, show me your scar. You know, like was mom telling you, telling me the truth. Um, so that moment was really intense. And, uh, and then meeting my dad was another, oh my gosh, I was nervous. How um, long was the, how long between meeting your mom and dad my dad actually he he works in construction so like building roads building monuments and structures so he would always go in different areas in peru and it was constantly traveling so when i was down there he was working and i didn't know if i was going to meet him or not um but he did come i don't remember how many days it was but i i remember just being in this little open area and um he came in and i just like there's a picture of it Oh, it's emotional. I'm not going to (laughs) cry. But there's a picture of, like, him just holding me. And it's like... Sorry, I'm, like, thinking about my head. And, um... You know, you could, like, see... How much, like, somebody loved you. And, like, all of those years... Of missing you. And, like, how much you missed them. So I think that was very special for me and to have that picture is is really important to me you know and and knowing everything that i know now about him about him about my family about you know what it feels like to kind of you know take care of somebody as well and um the meaning behind all of these things so kind of going back to your question is how do i feel about adoption now and um after that I just felt so guilty coming home. I felt so guilty that I uh, I stopped buying clothes that were over $20. <laughs> so I wouldn't, I, I like made a promise to myself because I saw how they lived. I went down there, I experienced like um, how they lived, their house, everything. I was like, that's it. You know, I came back home with an entirely new perspective. <laughs> it was like constant thrift stores, constant like... Um, you know, finding ways to save money. Um, so that's where that <laughs> habit started. Completely. For me, you know, I just thought, I, I, I think I kind of grew obsessed with adoption and, and, and like comparing in contrast, um, you know, my, my parents and my family can't afford, by the way, I have siblings too. So just thinking, you know, um, 
I guess to take a step back is like they can't really afford new things for themselves, let alone their kids. And here I am in the United States and I'm just like, hey, hey, dad, can I have like 50 bucks? Here you go. You know, what does that make me? And, and they have nothing. So I think there is an overwhelming sense of guilt within that. And um, which is why I always gravitated towards thrift stores. And I'm like, I'm not paying for shirts more than like five bucks. And I did that for for a very long time. I mean, sometimes if it was like a really good occasion, you know, my mom would take me out and give me a dress or something. And it was hard for me to justify that. And how she helped me justify that was she would say, how, how many times do you think you're going to wear this dress, Megan? And I would say, um, I don't know, it's like, it's a summer dress, maybe like 10 times. She'd say, all right, so it's like, you know, maybe, maybe the dress is, say, worst case scenario, it's $100, right? Yeah. Each time you wear it, it's like only $10. You know, um, if, if I wore it 10 times, right? 10, 20. <laughs> <Ugh>. Yeah. <laughs> we're, don't don't have my math hat on right now. So <laughs> check back. But um, yeah, so I think that's kind of how I was able to justify like higher paying things. Mm -hmm. um, and after that, everything was split in half. So I got $20 for birthday money, maybe from a relative. 10 went to savings. 10 went to maybe something I wanted. And that's kind of how I structured my life. And I'm so blessed that I was able to do that because I look back and now I'm like, I had, I have a good nest, you know, of, um, so when there is an emergency, you know, which had just actually happened recently, I'm able to give back in any way I can, you know, with my family. And I think that was, um, it's really cool because I thought I was, I had gone through, you know, living with them for two months and then I came back and I had a new perspective again. And then I think kind of coming back and like being able to talk to you and everything, it's like brings me another perspective. And I recently joined um, a Peruvian adoptee book club, which has just blown my mind. And we're reading all about like um, child circulation and adoption. And our next book is going to be on the shining path. So the history of Peru and my brain is just exploding with all of this knowledge. And we're having these in-depth conversations about adoption and birth parents and siblings and everything and we're all you know coming from different places in the world and yeah. i think that's super important to to note and that that's kind of where this question leads because we were talking about adoption papers recently and i'm like shaky talking about it because it's just like oh gosh it's so intense the, these feelings are so intense Maybe now you know why I need therapy. Um, <laughs> nah, I think I think I think everybody can uh, use a good dose of therapy. You know, once. Yeah. So I think um, what led me to this moment is I thought that I was okay. I thought that my, you know, I had these past experiences and I thought that everything was kind of a little bit crazy, but it, it's you know nothing I couldn't get through until I I met this group and we started talking in depth about adoption papers and I hadn't really I knew I had them I hadn't really looked into them and I asked my mom in Minnesota I was like hey can you take some pictures can you scan them I want to see them and so she did and I read them you know I read a little bit of them and then I I stopped and I, I messaged my sister on Facebook and I said hey can you please tell my mom something because we have been reading all of these books I kind of saw a perspective of, of a mother in a third world country 
and and how it might have been to give up her baby so I was so like rich with all of this emotion and I was like hey can you tell my mom like that I, I'm very grateful for her that she gave me up for adoption I'm very grateful like and I love her and she gave me a better opportunity in life and I, I'm, I'm gonna help you I'm gonna become something I'm gonna like do this for you guys she um messaged back right away and just said like your mom's super sick and like she almost died and so I'm just like what what's happening you know like here I am feeling like I'm kind of putting some pieces together and then and then my mom's sick and like just panicking and like what does that mean and how long and that was a whole uh, a process in itself and and you were there I was just like what do you what do you do um but do anything to try to help and so I guess that day I like stopped everything and I had you know, ran down to the Western Union to try to give them some money and, and figure out what was going on with them, um, with my mom, because God forbid, like I lose her. That was, that was intense. So then right, that happened. And then I picked up the adoption papers that night again. And I stayed up really late and I started going through them. And I started writing everything down. And I have this, you know, notebook right here that just kind of like, separated like kind of a side by side of my mom my dad you know my mom was 27 when I was adopted my dad was 29 my my mom's full name my dad's full name um so my my dad's now 58 my mom's 56 during the time my mom was a housewife she was also a farm worker my dad was a, a laborer a worker mostly construction my mom wrote in my adoption papers that she was making 40 dollars a month and it said wow. that my dad actually left us and that he abandoned my mom. So in this group, um, this adoptee group, we had talked about our adoption papers and how, mm. and it was actually in a book, how sometimes parents have to lie when they're giving their child up for adoption because they have to be considered um, abandoned. The so they kind of like make the situation up maybe a little bit, they juice it a little bit, make it a little bit more like yeah, extremer than it, it maybe could have been, but not to, you know, just because, you know. The criteria they have to meet, if I understand, yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of like, well, what if I go in there and tell the truth and it's not bad enough? Well, they take my child. Ooh, yeah, I'd, uh, I'd get as sobby as I possibly could, you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if God it. forbid you were ever in that situation. So, yeah. you know, I, I started digging more. And, and, you know, curiosity, sometimes like you tell me, it kills, curiosity kills the cat. And uh, it does. And I think that I just had to kind of bite the bullet and just say, like, I want to know. I want to know. Because what the happens, truth. the truth. About why you're, about, like, the, the, re papers, the circumstances. Everything. I want to start asking questions, more questions. I had stopped questioning. And I think that's where my downfall was. Why I was so kind of, like, had, I was so, like, ugh, uptight about everything is because I was just really, I stopped questioning myself, them. I didn't, I haven't remembered seeing these papers. So then I started digging more. I was three months old at the time. My sister was six. Um, her name is Doris. One really big question that I that I saw in, in these things was, it said that I had a sister that was four years old, that her name was Yanina, Yanina. Never seen her, never never heard about her. Went back down there, nobody said a thing. So wow. I, I kind of got angry. I was like, is this real? Like, did my mom lie? Did, did you guys give her up too? Is that why you didn't tell me? Is she still alive? Where is she? Is she dead? Like what, you know, like my brain is exploding with all of these questions. And I think I contacted my sister. I actually asked her about all of my siblings and where they were. I have, you know, 
one, two, three, four, five. I have six other siblings. I only have three that are alive right now. And uh, so there's seven of us total. I kind of went through, you know, where all they were, how did they die, all of the, all of these things. And like that's, I just I just wrote it down and I asked like a million questions. And I think. Well, that's just a wild like thought that when you did ask them, I know that you had expressed to me that a lot of them like are no longer alive. Yeah. Which is just, you know, just a whole like crazy mind boggling kind of thought too. Which is like you had these siblings and you didn't even necessarily have a chance to to meet them or, or to speak with them. Yeah. And I guess, you know, finding that out too, I I can't imagine losing a child. And I think that's why I also reached out to my mom too and did, because like like are you are you okay you know yeah like, are I, you I okay can't even, for you know, sure like, yeah and and just to say like maybe I mean I was you know she lost a lot of the, the kids after me but there was one before me that she lost so I mean maybe the pain of losing that child kind of and then me being in my circumstances possibly dying do I want to do it again or do I want to you know try to give her a, a better life and I think you know, that's an interesting thing, too. And I guess where I am right now with my adoption is that I'm asking questions again. I'm ready. I'm ready to have the, the tears keep flying in. I'm ready to, like, no, I'm ready to be questioned. I'm ready to question them. I'm ready to explore, like, what all of this means because... So I'm curious, like, you yeah. know, the, the answers that you did get, how how has, you know, in terms of maybe you know, knowing that you had other siblings, like how, how does, how does, how do you, how has that changed your, your thought process on like, um, your, your adoption or, or maybe your family or, or, or how, you know, how has it changed you, yourself? Huh. I guess knowing that I had a, other siblings, you know, who passed, I didn't really think of myself, I guess. I just thought of my mom hmm. and I, and I just thought of like how, heartbreaking it is for her and and yes it's a weird concept right how how can I feel bad for somebody I, I don't know I wasn't there when they died so I don't mean to be like disrespectful or rude but like I'm very not in tune with that it's yeah. not like I was three years old and I was like oh something part of me like is missing N nothing like that that I can remember ever happened and I wonder how your dad feels about that <laughs> I actually asked you know, I actually asked my sister how my dad feels about that. And he, um, I wrote it down. <laughs> um, God for notes. Right. When I asked my sister, he said, you know, dad's as if his kids were all alive. He would be happy and they would be young. You know, she kind of went on into the story. Like I was talking about what happened what, what, when I was adopted. And my sister was a part of child circulation and, and was given to my grandparents for a year because they couldn't take care of her. My mom actually blames my dad completely about my adoption. My, my birth mom blames my dad 100% about why I was adopted. And I, when I was down there, I got, you know, I had a chance to see that a little bit, um, mm -hmm. you know, her blaming him. And my sister says, you know, she likes to, she holds on to that. And, and I can see that. And uh, it hurts me because I'm sure he, he doesn't feel too good about it. Such an interesting perspective, you know. You are like that that object in a way, like, you know, that idea. For me, it's such an outlandish kind of thing because I've never met my blood. So I guess, you know, how you said you can't relate to 
your siblings who had passed away because they, you just never met them. Like, it feels like the same for me. Like I can't relate to my mom or my dad because I never met them. So I guess it's just the thought of just seeing two, to two people who created me and seeing one of them use me, the idea of me and what happened to me as a means to hurt the other one. And that's just like, oh my God, like I can't, and, and what's even a, a, a bigger twist is that that thing, you know, the, the idea of adopt adoption, it was such, was such an amazing thing because it gave you such opportunity, but yet they don't know, they, they don't know how, how life altering that was. So they are just oblivious to that. They think of adoption as an idea and this not, but you think of it as like a whole, it's your life. Yeah. So they'll just be like, yeah, like you're the reason why she got sent away. But that sent away is just like, yeah. Do you even know what that means to a certain extent? You know, because yeah. it's like that. That just that gave you everything that you are and that you know today. Yeah. And it's just like I don't know. It's just. I mean, maybe I'm not trying to make a point. I guess it's just like a just a, a very interesting concept to really think about. Yeah, to them it might mean you know one thing. To me, it's my whole world. They might not think I, I think about it, but I think about it every day, and I think. Um, I think kind of going back to why my mom holds that over his head is I think, you know, my dad really hurt my mom a lot. Not mm -hmm. to not to speak super poorly about him because I do love my dad. That's my dad. Um, and he's done everything that he can, you know, to be in my life. And he FaceTimes me a lot. And um, sometimes we don't know what the hell the other version's saying. But uh, most recently he FaceTimed me while he was uh, in the mountains and he was kind of wrangling this... Uh, I can't remember what animal. It kind of looked like a bull. Um, he was just laughing, and we were talking about how beautiful the sun was and how beautiful the mountain was, and there was green, you know, grass everywhere. And it was just like, you know, those moments I like, I, I definitely appreciate. But, yeah. you know, and um, that's where he is right now and where he was before us. He had left my mom a lot. And so mm -hmm. I think that's kind of, you know, he was in and out of her life constantly. And so I think the one thing that genuinely hurts him is knowing that I'm alive and I'm somewhere else and that he's not with me. He's, he can't take care of me, you know, as a father, not being able to take care of your kid when, when they're, they're, they're in this world, but you, you have no control. And so I think that's like very interesting, um, you know, to, to think about. And I, I think she knows that it hurts him and she had been hurt so many other times. By him. And so she decides, like, I, when we fight, when I'm angry, so I'm going to mm -hmm, ah. hold it over your head. And I think that it's interesting, right? Because as an adult, I can't be like, you're wrong or you're wrong. I just can sit back and say, I can see why you might do that. I might not understand fully because I'm not you, but I can understand why you might do that. And um I told my sister, like, can you just tell my mom to relax with that? Because that's, that's <laughs> like, I don't want to be, like, this object. Like, chill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, she said, you know, she doesn't really do it anymore. And she said when she did, I asked, what does my dad say back? Yeah. And she said, he just sits there. He takes it. And I respect that. Yeah. You know, it's not, it might not have 100% been his fault. I might have just came into this world at the, at the wrong time of their life, but I was completely blessed at that right time 
yeah. it might have been wrong to them at the moment. But for me, it's the best thing that could have ever happened to me because learning about child circulation, learning about what my life could have been, you know, and, and yeah. reading these books and having an opportunity to compare and contrast, you know, and, and having the opportunity to go down there and live with them for two months, you know, where would I have been? Right That's now? so interesting. I know, like when you when you're talking about that, you know, like, I guess I like I can't even think of a negative thing to think about you being sent away. Like for me personally, since like, I guess I can relate to you because I was adopted as well, just to think that, you know, I guess, but this is interesting too, because our perspectives, I am so like pro like adoption for me in my pers you know particular situation, because I'm just so blessed with the life that I have now. And I know it could have never, ever been like, my, I think my worst fear, you wanted my worst fucking, oh, Sorry, my worst <laughs> nightmare is just waking up and feeling like this whole life I had was a dream. And it's it's just, let alone like, I don't know. It's, you, it's just interesting that you can see, you know, like my life, my family's life, my family. And I'm just like, my my life. There's like, you know. You're kind of like, you, you don't question things as much. You kind of like have let them be, it seems like. Yes, I guess because also too, it's like, uh, it's it's sad because a lot of the questions I honestly will never know. And I think the only way to keep myself sane is to just, you know, say it's kind of maybe time to, to move on a little bit. But not not to, if the opportunity ever presented itself, not to say I wouldn't open that door. Right. But, in, you know, I'm not going to necessarily break my back to, f and or make it seem like it's like the solution in my life to things, even though it very well could be. I just, the, I just you know, that, that information. So I guess that's just very, uh, just in interesting, you know. Um, yeah. And I think that knowing that really helps push me, yeah. to be honest, because I, I do... There was a time where I stayed away from them after I got back after two months. You know, there was actually a really rough year I had where I really didn't contact them too much. My sister would reach out to me, my brother, everybody would reach out to me and I'd just be like, hey, what's up? How are you? I'm good. How's your health? I'm good. Hmm. Are you, is everything okay? Yep. I was an asshole for lack of terms. I didn't want anything to do with them because I was transitioning into what am I doing with my life? Yeah. And I look back on that and I say, how dare you? You know, they yeah. care about you just as much, if not more than, you know, anybody else along with my parents in Minnesota. So I think uh, it, it's hard and, and I, and I, you know, it's a constant battle, but thinking of perspectives too, where some people don't have the opportunity, you know, like you, it just makes me realize how blessed I am to have that opportunity and to Search, keep pushing. Yeah, like yeah. explore, you know? Yeah, definitely. And dig. And I just, like I said, as, as many, <laughs> and you know, I love digging. Um, I think as, uh, that's just a part of me is trying to understand and make sense of everything. And I think going back to your main question of where I feel right now as yeah. I feel very vulnerable, I feel huh. very, very scared. You know, I do feel scared. Like there's so many unknowns. I'm in the, I'm in the air. I'm, I'm on the ground. I'm in the air. I'm on the ground. I feel very uneasy sometimes about it. Huh. Okay. La last question I would like to ask: What do you hope to find 
with like what's what's your biggest um question that you have still yet to be answered that you can say i want to say that uh i don't think i'll ever find it i'm in the process of searching for culture i'm in the process of searching for history you know being raised in the united states you have these history classes whether or not they're you know bias or not you do you learn about your history and now i'm at a point in my life where i can't really i can't talk about peru as much as i want to mm-hmm. i can't talk about the culture the you know the movements that they went through um the political you know structure i can't really talk too much about that and i think for me it's kind of like are you peruvian are you american are you um what are you Which is probably another uh, topic <laughs> for sure for another episode <laughs> yeah future episode yeah and i think um i'm just kind of searching uh, along the lines of where do I fit in all of this and yeah. I'm just constantly trying to learn and right now I'm just in the process of reading and reading and learning and having these conversations with you with other adoptees and just kind of listening to them listening to you kind of figuring out what you guys think and you know expressing how I think and kind of once again trying to make sense of it and I think going back to what I want to find out is I want to feel and I want to find out, you know, what it's going to take to make me feel, I don't know, maybe just like Peruvian to be able to say like, mm. hey, I'm Peruvian without the the negative talk in my head being like, but are you, but mm. are you, you know, you, you want know. that kind of symbolic dual citizenship in a way. I want to be able to earn it. I ah. want to be able to, like I said, talk, have conversations. stripes. Yeah. yeah. Have those conversations. I want to learn to to speak fluent Spanish and be like, damn right, I'm Peruvian. And I was raised in America and I'm proud of both. And hmm. and right now I feel like I'm American, you know, which which is fine, but I can't relate to Peruvian as, you know, being Peruvian as much. And that's, I guess, that's, haven't thought about that question super deep, but uh, that's kind of what I'm searching for. Huh. Well, I'll definitely uh, continue more on, on that topic. And, uh, you know, I'm really, really happy that, you know, you're able to share that. And, you know, I definitely like learned a lot and just really interesting perspectives in terms of, you know, your life and what your life could have been and, and what, what your life is now and doing, doing like a reversal, kind of like doing some history and only to come for a circle, only to have the circle still keep going. Because, you know, your life isn't finished yet. There's still a lot to be, you know, unraveled. You know, I think I think, uh, I think we'll end that here. <laughs> and uh, Let me go dry my tears. <laughs> Join us next time. <laughs>